0: Good evening, and welcome to tonight's show from DJ and TV, Disc Jockey News TV. Tonight's show is brought to you by Electra Voice DJ Event Planner, DJ Trivia, Odyssey Innovative Designs
1: and Cases, NLFX Professional promo only,
0: and the DJ and TV Insiders.
1: Hello, and what is up, my good vibe crew? You know how we do here on Diss News. And today, we have a very special guest for the DJ Spotlight. If you're a huge techno fan, we've got a real treat for you. This next guest has played at the BPM Festival, Output, NYC, Movement, Detroit, Watergate, Berlin, WMC, Miami, Creamsville, Club Air, Tokyo, and many more. He's known as one of Canada's most respected techno ambassadors, has a residency at Toronto's Dakota, and has made appearances at Stereo, Montreal, and festivals like Electric Island and Dreams. The list of accomplishments, releases, and even a label boss are incredible, yes. But at the core of it all is a driven individual that is ready to do what it takes to make these things happen for himself. And that today is our focus. Greg Gow has sat down to share invaluable information and insight for y'all. Greg, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: You're welcome. It's a pleasure being here.
1: So let's give some background story for you and where you've come from in the industry for those who maybe haven't heard of you before, or maybe there's some details they don't yet know about you and how you've uh, grown as an artist to where you are today.
0: Well, I've been DJing for quite a long time. So the first parties I played out were in the very late 90s, like 98, 99, back when there was uh, tons of raves in Toronto and you could throw a party just about anywhere. So in that respect, it was pretty cool starting out at that point. Um, Sort of over the years, things got pushed into clubs and, you know, uh, along with that, the sound sort of got refined a little bit and um, I managed to stay Sort of in the game. I started producing around 99, 2000, but I didn't sort of really hone in on my sound until a bit about 2006, 7. It took a while, and it, that's the thing is that even though you know all these sounds and records you like, it takes a while to sort of figure out who you are in your music. And your DJing can be different than what that you make, but you know usually there's some kind of similarity. So, uh, like, I, like I said, that's when I started, and I've i played in a lot of big clubs in Toronto. Back in the day, I played at System. I was a resident there when that was open. I'm trying to remember what year it closed. I think it was it was two early two thousands, like maybe two thousand five or six. I could be. So yeah, so I was a resident at Government, and um, we did my monthly night called Restructured, which was a, a techno night, and I would start the club used to go to about seven in the morning and I would come on at the end, of the main room. So around three or three thirty at the earliest and then play the rest of the night. And it was just the right atmosphere for playing harder hitting techno and, and, and house. And it was, it was just sick. So, so that was, um, the biggest residency of, uh, that I've had in the city. I've also been resident at uh, Footwork and Coda Comfort Zone. Um, And then I'm playing sort of quarterly now at a place called Vertigo, which is a new After Hours in Toronto, which is really, really dope. So that's sort of the Toronto stuff. Um, I've also played out of town quite a fair amount. I've played in South America, Europe, uh, Japan, um and in the u.s and yeah lots of places uh best festival in the u.s i've played is movement hands down i played that i think now four times um so that if you haven't been to that festival you definitely have to check that one out it's in uh, the memorial day weekend in may and it runs uh saturday to monday and it's just everything's done proper so so that's sort of um in a you know, a niche thing of where I've uh, been and played and how long I've been playing. Um, in the production side, like I said, it didn't come around till about 2006, seven, where I sort of really honed in on things. And um, even though I did have a collab release back in 99 in Trezor with a, a good friend uh, from Toronto named Mike Goodwin, um, the next sort of big thing, other than putting out stuff on my own label was was uh i think it was 2008 i relaunched Derek may's transmat with a bridge release and uh that was a super big deal and that really brought me into getting to know a lot of the detroit guys well and it's a sound that i'd already fallen in love with so um and it sort of went from there so
1: I really like the fact that you say it took you kind of a while to figure out what your sound was because a lot of people that are starting out in the industry are like, what is my sound? How should I brand myself? How do I make myself? But they're yeah. not quite there yet.
0: And you I- got to take your time and, and really sort of focus in on it. You know, like it's easy with this the first tracks that we were making back in the day, we were using like, like an analog board and an Atari and, midi cables and shit dropping left and right sorry i'm not sure if i'm glad <laughs> anyways um but you know so and now you can do everything on your laptop you don't need anything else i'm not saying that's the best way to do it but you could technically and uh it's just a little too easy to fire a track out i'd say these days you know you really got to spend your time and and make sh- sure you have something special. So that's what I think.
1: I can appreciate that. Um, I'm curious because Mm -hmm. you've got like such a great resume. You've held down all these amazing residencies and you've done all these traveling or done all of this traveling. What was maybe a challenge that you faced? Maybe it was in the beginning when you're getting started or through traveling. Uh, A challenge that you learned from and how did you push through it?
0: Well, definitely on on the Toronto scene, you know, there's just so many events and clubs and things. So the, the best thing to do is just get out there and get known and meet as many people as you can. And when you get an opportunity to play, show up and do your best and just sort of keep going from there. But the main thing is try and have something in your sound that sets you apart from everybody else. You know, have something that they go, okay, that's, they hear and they go, they, they know that's you, and that takes time, too, to develop, you know, Um, there was, it's easy to get lost in just following trends, and, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say I didn't do it, there's been periods of time in the early 2000s, where I was playing probably some records that I shouldn't have played, but, uh, (laughs) you know, like, that's, that's part of the game, and you sort of just got to, really focus in and maintain a consistent image and product. So that would be my advice.
1: So speaking of music and mm-hmm. finding your sound and production, so say the artist has found their sound and, mm-hmm. uh, they're shopping around when presented with a label deal, what factors do you take into consideration and what do you think people should be considering for themselves? Well,
0: there's a couple of things one is it is it a label that they like you know or is it just are they just sending it out to label because they wanted it on a label um you know you would hope that they know the label but like for example my label i still get people sending me r&b demos at times and like it a techno label you know <laughs> like yo what, what up <laughs> so um so from that perspective, you know, try and make the, the connections with the labels. And, you know, uh, that's one thing right there is make sure that it's a good fit or at least what you think it is. And it's hard sending demos to labels especially cold because they don't, even though you might know the label sound, they might be taking a different direction at that point or they might have already signed stuff for the next year. So. And, you know, you put all the time and effort of getting it right. And uh, you just got to take your chances and send it out. In terms of, you know, the labels that you want to put out on, that's really up to you. But it's a question of what you want out of it, though. You know, some labels are they'll get it out there and they'll market it and they'll do a great job. Others sort of leave it up to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that sort of boils down to sort of what you expect out of it. The advantage of putting it out yourself is you can control the whole aspect of it, run all the PR, do all the things, promote it whatever way you want. Um, so there are some good benefits from putting out music by yourself. So you got to be confident in it too. That's a really key thing. There's a lot of people they're like, I don't know, I think it's alright. If you're gonna send it to someone, you better be confident about it. So. For that.
1: That's a good point because so many people are just like, okay, I finally finished a track. Let's just put it out there. And then, but like you said, they're not quite confident in it yet. You don't want to necessarily, I guess, waste people's time, especially for a label that you're actually interested in. But because of your label, if somebody went and sent their tune to you, and then um, it wasn't really at that point, where their production level was really the quality that you're looking for, would you still consider them if they set a well, track at some what point?
0: I, what I do, and I, this happens quite a bit, is I don't want to discourage people because you never know. Just because they send you a couple of tracks that didn't fit today, they might have the next sickest track in around the way. You don't know. So I always ask people to keep sending me stuff, you know. And, you know people that understand who they're sending it to and what label they're sending it to, you know, usually work it out and eventually something can come about. But you know, that, that's my, I've sent demos to many labels more than once, you know, it's, that's part of the game.
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: So, and being patient, you know, yes. especially with the bigger labels because those guys have got super hectic schedules. So, you only got a couple of days a week where they can really check email along and then for them to download and, and try out tracks and, and get back to you. It sounds easy if you're just sitting around in the same place all the time, but if you're on the road, it's a whole other ball game.
1: Mm-hmm. So And I I like this because you've mentioned patience a lot throughout this interview in the beginning of your career and finding your sound and you know trying to get stuff signed do you have any tips that you would give other artists that are looking to stay relevant within this industry with such a loud you know social media frenzy going
0: on (laughs) (laughs) well okay so one thing is you got to have like i mentioned earlier you got to have what makes you special or sets you aside from other people and now you got to adapt in, in certain ways over time, but you don't want to lose that sound that brought you to the forefront or whatever way. That sound might change a little bit, but someone would should be able to still walk away, close their eyes and go, Oh yeah, that's so-and-so playing or whatever, to that extent. And you know, as long as you can maintain that and and you know, I think it'll help you survive the the different waves and like like i said earlier like when things were the raves and and they changed into the clubs the sounds definitely got refined you know it wasn't as crazy uh, at least in toronto at, at the early points you know that's different in other cities but um you know you sort of also got to be aware of what environment you're playing in. and and like so for example this week i'm playing a small place with a friend in a, in toronto called parlor and it's a it's more of a, like a bar and a lounge and some people be like why do you want to play there I'm like what's up with that because you can play all sorts of different records that you couldn't play at like a rave or a, like an underground event and you know i think it's important that djs listen to all kinds of music and not just one thing and uh and You know, that's really what it's about. It's about a love of music. It's not about a love of only techno at 132 beats per minute. And does da, 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 (laughs) you know, so. So, yes, definitely have your own signature sound. Try and at least strive for that and um, just keep it fresh.
1: Yes. So is there anything... Well, it kind of sounds like this is the thing, but is there anything that you believe everyone should know or understand by, say, the age of 30?
0: Oh, that was, oh, yeah, I was reading that. It was like, I remember that was the thing about what book they should have read that question, right?
1: Yes, yes, or Uh, what book?
0: And the the book is Chicken Little, the sky is falling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why that book?
0: I don't know, because it's just messed up. Like, what, what was the last time you read a book and the sky is falling? So, you no, know, I, I, you know, like, I'm not personally a big reader, per se, but, like, definitely, you know, I think by the age of 30. The thing is, it's all relative. If you're just talking about music or life, they're a bit different, you know. Um, it depends when you started DJing and when you got into music, because someone, it's not, like, really – an age-driven thing. It is in the sense of if you go to a certain club, yes, people could be a certain age, but people who like music, they could be 10 years old. They could be 40 years old. They could be 60 years old. So I think it's just as you go along and trying to expose yourself to many different kinds of music and artists, and you never know what you're going to run into. And that the crazy thing is how many great, Producers are and, and stuff like that. and every week you discover somebody new, you know, and that's that's amazing, you know. And then you're like, holy smokes, where where did all these tracks come from? I never heard of this guy before, and then you find out they've been around for fifteen or twenty years, and you know. So, I'd say the thing is, by you know, by the age of thirty, just to you know, investigate, and be open to things, you know. So that's my best advice on that.
1: I would not know about loop daddy if I was not <laughs> consistently <laughs> looking for people online. Have you seen his content?
0: No. Oh no. my
1: gosh. I'll send you. It's hilarious. Okay. Um, so to end up this interview, any last thoughts, projects, maybe some releases and shows you've got coming up that you think we should know about?
0: Yeah. So, um, the next release. So I just had a, my first EP uh, or release come out on Adam Baer's True Soul came out about two weeks ago. And um, actually no about three weeks now, but um, so that, that was something you definitely could check out cause that's still pretty fresh. It was called People Movers and it was on True Soul. Um, sometime in April, we don't have the date nailed down yet, but I have three tracks coming on Carl Craig's Planet E and that's called the paradigm shift um ep and like i said i'm not quite sure yet i believe we're doing vinyl on it which is super cool so i can't wait for that and then um gig wise this summer i will be in the winnipeg area for the emotions festival i'm super looking forward to it i believe it's august first or second i can't remember whatever that friday is a long weekend. Yeah. yeah that's the one um, that I'm playing on the, the first night and uh, I can't wait the, the last time I was in Winnipeg was for um, mem or meme or I'm not how do you say it Met- mimetic yeah memetic yeah. yeah that's it and that that was super dope so uh, I, you know I, I think this is going to be a blast as well so and uh, yeah so those are the immediate things coming up and uh, yeah should be a fun year. Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations on the release on Adam Baer's level. That is phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us today and share all your wonderful insight. For the rest of y'all that are tuned in, if there is anything that really stood out to you in this interview, please let us know in the comments below. We want to hear your stories. And as always, make sure you don't let no one kill your vibes. Thank <laughs> you.